On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. It's Tall Can Audio. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. Nice to be back in the garden, eh? Hello and welcome to Tall Can Audio. I am Michaela. He is Matt. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Tall Can Audio. You can find me on Twitter if you want, at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S, although I don't know why you would. Matt, how are you today? I'll just do it. He's a delightful follow. I'm... <laughs> I'm doing all right, Shrides. How about yourself? Not too bad. The sun is shining. Mm-hmm. There's not a cloud in the sky. Nope. The temperature is somewhat warm. I cannot complain. You're about to burst into like a Disney song of some sort. That uh... I am about to become. <laughs> oh my God, Julie Andrews. Sure, Mary Poppins from Sound of Music. Oh, okay. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, I Sound of Music fans are going to be yelling at their phones right oh, now because sure. I do not know. I, th- I think it's Julie it Andrews. Right. Anyway, I am going to be spinning in a field, <laughs> singing at the top of my lungs, and then my neighbors are going to promptly call the police, as they should. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, it feels like we've been, it's been raining mm-hmm. so much over the last few weeks that when this, the sun was out this morning, I like I just... It got punched in the face with like serotonin the second I looked at it. So I've been in a really good what is mood. That bright ball in the sky. Is it attacking us? <laughs> like, is this the next phase of this horrible video game we've been playing right. for the last 14 months? No, you're right. It's supposed to start warming up here a little bit in the next couple of days, maybe get into the 20s. And uh, maybe here we are mid May. It might be time for spring. Maybe. Maybe it'll be patio season. Ooh. Oh, wait. <laughs> whenever we can Home get patio. back to patios yeah. yes sit on your deck <laughs> sit on your balcony whatever you have get outside if you can right um it's it, you know what it's uh i think we all need some outside time some vitamin d yes and some exercise and you know help our mental health right now so i'm, I'm very i'm just very happy that the weather is cooperating for once we can but more importantly that's good that's good right yeah right more importantly matt mm. i'm also happy that we're having a beer today yes. so what beer are you drinking today uh, okay, so enunciation is going to be important here. Ooh. This is called Shinny Pants, as uh, the first time I read the name of this Shinny Pants stout, it, it may have down. looked like uh, something else. <laughs> so, um, what? And it's a, it's a stout, so uh, did somebody really do this with the dark beer and the... the no, they didn't. It's Shinny Pants. It is clearly a hockey reference. The writing all over the can here is in reference to some of these Canadian phrases. I'm certainly familiar with uh, with the term shinny 
but I've never heard of specific shinny pants. But apparently in certain areas that it's a thing. So we're going with the shinny pants session stout 4.3% of the Great Lakes Brewing Company. Uh, oh. I've never tried this one before. I really haven't ever had too much from Great Lakes. I've heard good things. I've enjoyed the couple that I have tried, but for some reason just hasn't been one that I've hit too often. So we'll see what this one's all about. You? Wow, right on. Yep. Um, I'm just writing down shinny pants shinny so that pants. I do not get that wrong later on. <laughs> um, I, I love Great Lakes. You can never go wrong with a Great Lakes beer. It is because I don't think I've ever had a bad beer from them. Even the beer styles I don't like. Yep. They'll make it. I had a porter from them a few weeks ago. Mm. Uh, I think it was like Mr. and Mrs. Porter or something like that. <laughs> um and it, it like Porter's not really my style, but right. it was, it was super tasty. So nice. Great Lakes is, is one of my faves. Um, I'm being boring today, Matt, okay. and I'm going with a stupid non-alcoholic athletic brewing beer, um, which I know the listeners are probably so sick of hearing me, uh, <laughs> crack open here, but, uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be boring today. I had a really, I have no good excuse except for the fact that I had a really good workout today. Mm-hmm. And if, if I have a good workout and then I drink, I'm guaranteed to be so, so sore the next day. Really? Okay. That's fair. So I just don't want to risk it tonight. I promise this will not happen next week. Um, but <laughs> we I should address I was, the elephant in the room. It is also Wednesday. Maybe that's not yes. a traditional drinking night for Michaela. So yes, um, I'm, I'm going to have to, I have to wrap my head around schedule. I'm a creature of habit guys. You know this, I go to bed at nine 30 every night. So, right. um, I'm, I'm going to have to move things around at some point, but, uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm going with, listen, I, if I, if I'm still at least thankful that I can have a pretty, pretty good tasting beer, all right. things considered, yep. um, cause I'm going with their run wild, non-alcoholic IPA. So okay. it's, it's pretty rare that you're able to get like non-alcoholic, anything that isn't a version of Bud Light. Yeah. No, it's just like a straight lager or something. Exactly. And, and this was, you know, it was pretty good. I've had, I've had worse IPAs that had alcohol okay. in them. So um, that's what I'm going with today. So cheers. Well, uh, we will let the good listener know that this is um, probably in the fairly near future. We're not sure exactly when this will become a permanent change. Uh, we will start to record the show on uh, on Wednesday evenings as opposed to Thursday, which means you will get it a day early on Thursday mornings um, as opposed to the usual Friday mornings. Uh, a lot of people have routines. If you already have a Thursday show, you can still listen to this one Friday. It'll still be there for you. But uh, if you want it earlier, if you can't wait for your doses of TCA, be Thursday morning now. Please forgive us, but we know you will adjust. It's, it's, as yeah. I will, I will adjust to drinking on Wednesday night. <laughs> we appreciate the sacrifice that you're uh, that you're willing to make for us. I will do this for you, good listener. Please do the same for me. Now I have um, to ask you something. Yes. On Tuesday evening, I was uh, performing a civic duty. Have you filled out the census yet, Michaela? I sure have. Okay. And I was also doing it Tuesday evening okay. on the very last day that I was able to. <laughs> Did you I didn't check realize, out? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I just didn't realize how long it was. I don't know if I got the long form one, but it took me like half an hour. It anyway. was longer than I remembered it. Oof. Like, especially when you live alone. Like, I seem to remember this thing being something you buzz through in like three minutes and... Um, you know, there's not a lot of questions to answer when there's only one of you in the house, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it was several steps longer than I remembered. So I don't know if, you know, if they changed it or, or whatever. I do have to ask you though, because, uh, yeah. I, I was tickled by this idea. The Canadian government 
on uh, on YouTube Music and on Spotify created census filling out playlists. Did you indulge in a Canadian government, um, you know, put together playlist while you did this? I did not. I did <laughs> not know this was a thing. <laughs> I wish I had. I put music on. Yeah. But I did not know. I'm literally Googling it right now. Uh, I did not know that there was a 2021 census soundtrack. Yep. To go along with it. Oh, and there's several of them. Yeah. There's rap ones, obviously French and English ones. There was like uh, just alternative or rock since the 2000s. There was 90s. The first one I I put on and I kind of skipped through because I wanted to check out a couple of them while I was doing this. The first one I put on though was, because it goes right in my wheelhouse, the 90s through early 2000s kind of um, main stars Uh, they were calling it. So it had Great Big C, it had The Hip, it had Shania. It had, uh, I think Nickelback was on there. I can't remember for sure. But obviously, all Canadian stuff, but uh, that's the one that I went with while I was filling out the census and spent the most time on. But I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, that's so cheesy that the government spent time organizing music playlists on Spotify. And at the same time, like, I, I kind of like it. I, I was a, fine with that's it. That's a great idea. Yeah. I, I do wonder whose job this was, because that's actually kind of an awesome job. And I'm going to go on a hunch and say, it was probably someone in a communications team. Yes. Um, or it was probably. You don't think eight. it was Justin sitting down with his, you know, his own <laughs> <Maybe>. uh, playlist. <laughs> he 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 can be quite hip, I guess. Um, and I, I guarantee, like this just screams like summer project for an intern. <laughs> and I don't mean that disrespectfully. Yep. I I, I you know, I'm sure it was it was not an intern, but this it's it's jobs like this that you just know they gave to someone who it's busy maybe work. is yeah exactly. <laughs> But at the same time, like, honestly, if you, if I went to work one day and they said, Hey, we're going to pay you to make playlists today. Yep. Uh, that's my jam. Yeah. I need to find a job. I need to find this job. Canadian government hire me for this. I please pay me very, uh, handsomely, hef- yep. handsomely for this, <laughs> um, uh, as you should. But like, I love making playlists. This, this sounds so much fun. I, I, I was, I was tickled by this curated Canadian playlists for filling out the census. So I enjoyed at least two of them. It was, uh. I don't know. Kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to listen to these. Like I'm going to keep this open in my browser. Just, I want to <laughs> check out these playlists down the road. This is kind of cool. Right on. Go Canadian. Good, good for you. Canadian yep, government. We nailed something it. I don't often say. No. <laughs> um, speaking of Canada, it is about to enter a, the holiest of times mm-hmm. here in the great white North, the Stanley cup playoffs. Hey. We are mere days away, unless you're the Vancouver Canucks and Calgary Flames, who apparently the regular season is going to continue well into the month of May Hold for you. Hold up for us. <sighs> what a ridiculous situation. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably get into yeah. that in a minute. Yeah. Um, but we have, I, I believe, and I'm just looking at the standings right now, the, the playoff matchups are set. There's a couple more games, but I don't think there's going to be any movement in terms of who's playing who right. at this point. Um, we don't have a schedule yet to my knowledge no nope. but we have some playoff matchups so we can get into that a little bit um but i know that obviously matt your toronto maple leafs are in the playoffs in first place in first place division winners and you must be very happy about yep. this yeah as we but sit I- here and and record right now uh there are still two regular season games left for your toronto maple leafs uh freddie anderson returning to the net to play ottawa on wednesday night and if you will allow me for the sake of the good listener, to make a bold prediction here, Michaela. Oh, go for it. On Wednesday evening against the Ottawa Senators, Freddie Anderson will play so well that out of pure shame, the Senators will lay down their sticks 
and not play hockey for at least four months. That's what's going to happen tonight. It's a real bold move of you. <laughs> really brave to come out with that prediction. It's Freddie. I'm not sure how much more bold I'm prepared to be. <laughs> you know what? One of two things. And and I realize that talking about this game is kind of moot because by it's the time right. this, this episode comes out, it's going to have happened. But yep. one of two things are going to happen tonight. Yep. Either the Sens are going to light Freddie up. Yep. And it's on the table. He, he's going to just get hit with a massive dose of uh, insecurity heading into the playoffs. Well, so Dave you are Riddick welcome. Giggles in the locker room. Exactly. <laughs> or he's going to play very well. The yep. Leafs are going to win and, and it's going to be because of him. And the Leafs plan uh-huh. for the playoffs and the goaltending situation yep. is going to be completely thrown for a whack. And, and you know, with that second one, you know what comes with it. Campbell starts Friday against Winnipeg and gives up five. Mm-hmm. And then we have this extended week before the playoffs for the media and Leafs Twitter and everything else to just melt down over who starts game one. It's Jack. Jack Campbell starting game one. But yeah. this is absolutely on the table that, you know, we could we could reopen this debate needlessly uh, with a, a Freddie win and a Jack loss in these last two games. Yeah, and and just the speculation and the panic and everything that's coming along with it. I mean, in reality, probably neither of these things is gonna are gonna happen, and it's just gonna be a very like meh game and yeah, nothing. Like sure. there's gonna be no impact. But neither team has anything to play this. for. Yeah, let us have this. That's for right. The love of God. All right. Yeah. So, All right, so that, I, I just wanted to bring that up because uh, I wanted to get it on the record that uh, Freddie Anderson will eliminate the Ottawa Senators this evening. So everybody cool, be, cool, yeah, be cool. Feel really that. good about that. Glad we talked it. about it. Yeah, for sure. So that means, Matt, that unlike you, I do not have a team in these 2021 oh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> I know. Sad for me. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've talked about this on, on the, the podcast before, but I kind of like when my team's not in, okay, I don't like when my team's on it. I shouldn't say that. I would prefer the sense, sure. obviously, but I'm not, once I, once I come to terms with the fact that they are not making the playoffs, which by the way, I did in January. <laughs> um, I, I, you know what? I just, it, it's kind of nice to watch the playoffs without any stress and, uh, down goes Brown, also known as Sean McAdoo, yep. um, wrote a piece for the athletic this week, uh, ranking the playoff teams by whose bandwagon you should join. Yeah. Most likable um, for non-fans, like easiest bandwagons to jump on fun. Read. Exactly. It really was a fun read. It, it was, it was yeah. great. And yeah. Sean's a great writer. He's very funny. And, and you know, the, he gave reasons why you should and reasons why you shouldn't and things to consider. And it mm-hmm. was really great. And it kind of sparked this question. You and I were kind of talking about this over text, but you know, when your team is not in the playoffs, do you grab onto another team, jump on their bandwagon and go all in on that team for this year and, and this year alone? Or are, do you remain neutral? Just hope for some entertaining hockey and, you know, a couple game seven, some overtimes and, and just want to be entertained by the hockey for the sake of hockey. Where do you fall on that? Well, as you know, Michaela, I do have no problem for you this year. some familiar, I was going to go the other way, some familiarity <laughs> with the idea of not having a team in the playoffs. Uh, I'm reasonably comfortable in that situation. Normally, I don't really. There was one exception, and I think it was okay at the beginning, and by the end, it made me out 
maybe fairly, maybe not, to be a front-running douche. In 2007, maybe 2008, I can't remember, when Jonathan Taves did the thing at the World Juniors in the shootout, you know, with Carey Price in goal, um, and he scored three times in the shootout, I was like, I'm going to keep an eye on this kid. Like, unbelievable, right? And he gets drafted by Chicago. He probably already was drafted by the time he, had, he did this. And he comes up in 08, and they have Patrick Kane, and they got some other young, interesting pieces. And in 2009, they get into the playoffs for the first time, and I think they went all the way to the conference final. I could be wrong. And lost to Detroit. Um, and I was really hooked on that young Chicago team. I thought, you know, original six team, big market, like really passionate fan base. I kind of got into it. And then in 2010, they win the cup. And, and I did. I followed every game on that playoff run pretty much like I would had it been the Leafs. And I was really into those guys. And I sort of fell out of it as it went on. They win again in 13. I'm still happy. By 15, you're taking a lot of shit, right? For, <laughs> oh, because now, you know, it's, oh, Chicago in another outdoor game. And, oh, Chicago, you know, it always seemed that things favored Chicago towards it. So it was hard to jump on the bandwagon towards the end because people were kicking you while you did it. And uh, that was fair enough. That would be the closest I've ever come to, like, really getting hardcore I guess you could make a case for 04 and 06, Calgary and Edmonton, when they took their Stanley Cup final runs. Um, there was another Canadian team somewhere in there who took a long run that I didn't manage to jump on board with. Um, but those would be a slightly behind the Chicago ones. But I, I did cheer for Chicago or for Calgary and Edmonton. Um, you know, I didn't really have any kind of rivalry with those Western Canadian teams. It was cool to see them take a run. Those would be the ones that come to mind. What's your sort of your stance. Do you jump on with somebody or do you just take it all in? So I've done both and I'll admit that, um, th th there's only really been one time that I like just fully unabashedly jumped on a bandwagon from day one, but from before the, the playoffs started. And that was the 2011 Vancouver Canucks. Oh, yeah. So completely unlikable team. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone <laughs> hated me for it. In particular, my Leafs fan friends. Yes. Um, apparently they're really bitter about Kyle Wellwood. Uh, <laughs> dominant. Dominant. It was, it was like, uh, and we can kind of talk about this later, but it, I, I'm, I used to be very much on the cheer for the remaining Canadian team bandwagon. And I've, I've moved away from that in recent years. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I was kind of in that transition at this point, but I was, it was less about a Canadian team winning, although that was somewhat part of it. Yep. It was also partly because they were the president's trophy winning team. They were very much expected. Like this was the year they were supposed to do it yes. year after year of, of getting beaten out by Chicago. Yes. They finally, although <laughs> Chicago made it interesting forcing <laughs> games. I mean that, that overtime win for Alex Burroughs in game seven mm -hmm. in round one was probably the most exciting point of those entire playoffs. Um, it was, it was partially, it was so good. Yeah. It was partially that, but it was also partially this weird, uh, trend of Canadian city hosts the Olympics. And the following year, that Canadian team wins the Stanley cup. We had it Montreal in 76 and then 77 Calgary with 88 and then 89 and Vancouver hosted the Olympics in 2010. So, you know, I history, had never put that together before. I'd never oh, really heard that thread sewn before. That's interesting. It's one of the weirdest, at least it was supposed to be one of the weirdest <laughs> phenomenons yeah. with, with Canadian cities 
hosting the Olympics and then subsequently winning the Stanley Cup. And, and Vancouver was poised to do that. Like it was supposed to happen again. Vancouver how hosted far the you Olympics. could drag this out. Like, didn't the Islanders win the 81 Cup after New York host Lake Placid, New York hosted the 80 Olympics? That's a really good question. I think the Islanders won the 81 Stanley Cup. So, I mean, I know that's not a Canadian threat, but it is interesting in terms of keeping the, uh, the storyline alive. I'm pretty sure that's correct. So if only there were a Salt Lake City team. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Utah needs a hockey team. Uh, said no one Who ever. Did win the 03, New Jersey won the 03 Cup. Boring. Boring. Um, so I, I don't know why I just really wanted the streak to continue. It was so weird. And you're right. The New York Islanders did win the 81 <laughs> Cup. Um, it, it was so weird and, and so unexplic- inexplicable. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted it to continue. And it was so close. They came to game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. They were so yep. close. And obviously we know how that went. Um, but like I was crushed after game seven. I, and like I'm not a Vancouver Canucks fan, but I just wanted them to win so bad. I was absolutely crushed. But that's probably that's the only time I've really grabbed onto a bandwagon. There, there have been c- certain runs that like once a team gets on it, I'm like, all right, let's see what you can do here. Like the... I'm ashamed to admit it, but the uh, uh, Montreal Canadiens 2010 run where they went to the the conference finals, like just just because they were beating out juggernauts, like they took out Washington and Pittsburgh on their way. Of course, they couldn't get by Philly, but like it was just so weird. And and Halak was just standing on his head. And, you know, I kind of got into that, but like I've never, you know. Aside from Vancouver, just keep siding with the most unlikable. I know. (laughs) I know. Well, but, but on I that am. note, like in terms of being unlikable, on that 2011 Vancouver-Boston uh, series, a much younger, much more naive Matt was openly in that final cheering for for Boston. And oh, careful what you wish for. Yeah, two years later, my relationship with the Boston Bruins would change forever. <laughs> but And it's never stopped kicking me. But at the time, if future Matt could go back to 2011... They don't do it. Do not do not like these guys. Don't cheer for these guys. Well, that's the thing that the, the Bruins took out the most hated team in the NHL and then subsequently, I think, became one of the most yeah. hated teams <laughs> in true. the NHL. So, I mean, it, life comes full circle. I guess the uh, other bandwagon, I would say that I didn't fully, but I always, even when he was kind of catching shit for being a whiner and that stuff's long gone, I just like, I do like watching Sid, right? And mm-hmm. so it was still fun in 08 and 09 when they went to back-to-back finals and, and won it in 09 against Detroit. They were the new kids on the block with this young, exciting team and all these stars. That was really fun. And then even when they got back in 16 and 17, I think it was, it was, I didn't follow their, you know, it's not like I couldn't miss Penguins games all the way through the run. But once they got to the final, even though, you know, one of them was Nashville and that was a really fun kind of team to follow or cheer for as well. I, I do kind of, I would cheer for Sid a little bit. I just like watching him play. I like, you know, as a superstar, that's still, you know, whatever they always call him, the superstar grinder or whatever, right? Like I, I admire that type of game. And so I would kind of, it wouldn't be hardcore or anything, but I would get behind the Penguins quite often. Yeah. And that's, I think that's an easy team. Like that, that's, that's very understandable, yeah. right? Like I, I'm a big fan of Again, cheering no, kind for of a front running douche. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, I, I don't mean it like that. But like it's it's easy to get behind the stars, right? Like I I would I love to just like I I, I want to cheer for whatever team is going to give me the most entertaining hockey and the en- most entertaining players for the longest time. Well, and Sidney Crosby. Uh-oh. When you select your bandwagon team this year, I can think of a team 
with quite a few stars that scores quite a bit, quite a few goals that might be in it for a long time. Would you consider a blue bandwagon? Blue and orange, like the Edmonton no, no, Oilers? No, I would not. No, it's gross. Like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? I don't like those all orange jerseys. It's too much Really? Orange. I love the all no. orange jerseys. I love the orange as trim. I loved it like on the shoulders. I like, like all that was fine. It's, it's too much when it's the whole body. It's. Their dark jerseys are gross to me. <laughs> like the real, I think it's like a dark blue and then the orange outline. Yeah. Ugh, no, no, okay. no, no. Um, but you no, know, I'm, I, in, in all honesty, I am, I'm, I'm on the stance this year mm-hmm. of just wanting entertaining hockey Okay. because there's really, I, it's hard for me to want good things to happen yes. for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So right. we're not even going to broach that subject because I've pushed those feelings way, way down. So you uh, looked or, at, you looked at, 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 at Sean's list. You're not going to select any of the teams in the playoffs this year as a bandwagon team or, you know, you're, you're just going to take it all in and, and enjoy it as a fan. I might do a hybrid. Like I might pick a, I'm not going to pick one team yeah. to like jump on a bandwagon of, but like there are teams I want to succeed. Yeah. There, there are te- like, I, I want Vegas to go. I know no one wants Vegas to go far because <laughs> you know, why should they have nice things? They've only been here for four years, but they're a really fun team to watch. They're super entertaining. I love Mark stone and I only want good things for him. So <laughs> I want, I want Vegas to go far. I want Carolina to go far for very similar reasons, right? Like they're a lot of fun and, and they have a lot of fun. Get there with Carolina. And I know really? I'm the only one, everyone bunch I, of jerks. Yeah. I admire, like I understand how good they are. Like, it's not like I think they're overrated or anything. I just, there's just something about it. And maybe it's that snobby Canadian thing. That's, you know, hockey in Carolina. I don't care or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not as on board. Um, Colorado. I want, I, I, I'm telling you right now, if we get it and I, I assume we will Colorado Vegas in the second round is going to be the series of the playoffs this year. That's going to be incredible. Oh, yeah. And I won't miss a minute of that series. I'm also really looking forward to the Florida Tampa series. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is something I I know that a lot of in in that same vein of Canadians don't think hockey should succeed in the South. (laughs) Like it, it, excuse me, it feels unnatural, but this, this is two teams that entered the league at very similar times. Mm -hmm. And one team that has had a, a lot of success. Two Stanley Cups, been one of the most successful teams in the regular season consistently for a number of years yeah, it's now. A model franchise. It really has. And then the other team is the butt of many jokes. Yep. Right. And and for, to their credit, the Florida Panthers have been very very good this year. They are a very good team. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm interested to see what they can do. And 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 I think that there's in in the NHL's interest of of. Um, marketing to American fans and in particular Southern American fans, mm-hmm. what more could you ask for than a Florida matchup? Right. No, right? you're right. Yeah. Especially heading into the ESPN deal and, and oh, TNT yeah. next year, if you could ignite that a little bit and, and get that state more engaged, that would be uh, incredible. I, I do think, um, I, I believe and anything can happen. Uh, we don't have to go through series by series giving predictions. I also do think, though, in round two, Toronto Edmonton could be fireworks. I think, oh uh, yes, in terms of putting up putting up points, putting up goals. I think that's going to be really entertaining as well. Um, assuming both teams get there, and like I said, I, I assume they will. So, 
hook that directly <laughs> to my veins. And that, yeah, like we, we can probably like give predictions on another, another episode or something, mm-hmm. but like, I will say I, I, in the in the vein of the bandwagon conversation, I think I have a team per division that I want to see come out of that division. Maybe not necessarily that I think will, right? But I, for entertainment's sake, and for you know just tugging on your heartstrings' sake, I think I have I you know Vegas, Carolina, Washington, sorry Edmonton, Oof. just Oof. for uh, just for pure entertainment Turning value. I think those are. Those, man. Any, anything that gives me Connor, I, and I know it's unlikely. I'm not going to lie to you. Like Edmonton has done absolutely nothing to prove to us that they can succeed in the playoffs. Right. But Connor McDavid is just inhuman right now. Oh he, yeah. He's like a hundred over a hundred points now in a 56 game season. This guy is a mutant. He's never had and, to go seven games with Justin Hall. Ah uh, yes, <laughs> there it is. Or or face. Jack Campbell. <laughs> That's right. In a playoff series. <laughs> or uh, Freddie Anderson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Or Big Save Dave. Who Could knows? Be. Uh, I, I think Big Save Dave's probably still shell-shocked from his time <laughs> out in Alberta. Uh, the East is a little... You don't... like. I, I, I can't imagine the Penguins are happy to see the Islanders again in round one. No. They've kind of run their show for a while here. And these Islanders are so difficult to predict mm-hmm. because they, I mean, they're, they haven't been good as of late, but I mean, you're looking at a Barry Trot system yep. that is designed for the playoffs, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, it's not going to be exciting. It's going to be really buttoned down, like defensive at times, boring hockey, mm-hmm. but that is going to get you at least one series. Like you, you have to think, yeah. I, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they're going to beat Pittsburgh, but right. in, you know, they, for all intents and purposes. They have done that quite a bit though. They do they seem have. to keep feeding Pittsburgh. And the, the Boston Washington matchup, like That's Chara versus his old team, Tom Wilson versus a bunch of guys and who are Trent basically Frederick also Tom, Tom Wilson. Wilson. Trent yeah, Frederick. Exactly. Oh God. <laughs> There's going to be some antagonizing bullshit in that series for sure. Oh my God. And yeah. and that's where I'm torn on Washington. Cause I want them to succeed for Ovi and, and I would just give anything to have another summer like we did in 2018 where they were celebrating <laughs> just day in day out. I, that was the best. I, I don't love the idea of cheering for a team with Tom Wilson on it, but I'll do it for Ovi. This but Leaf fan is very okay with seeing Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand have to deal with Chara's bullshit for seven games where he's just cross-checking guys and throwing them to the ground and it's not ever getting called. I'm, I'm kind of happy to see Boston getting a taste of that at this point. And, and the, you know, that's just it. And, and that's rarely, no offense to Zidane Chara. That is the only value he brings right now. Yes. Defensively, he is not a good player anymore. Yeah. But he is out there to get in the face of people and to just be the seven foot behemoth <laughs> that he is and, and get in guys' faces. And but, but at the same time, this is this is a team who knows that. This yep. is a team who knows those antics. So it's it's gonna be really, really interesting. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. And then, you know, how how are you feeling? How are you feeling about Montreal? Um, I'm broken inside, so obviously I'm I'm terrified. But well, this took a turn. <laughs> Therapy session coming down in three, <laughs> two. Um, look, Toronto's the better team. They have better roster all around. They, have, you know, showed it through the out the regular season. The, you know, finishing first. They're like twenty points ahead of Montreal. Montreal's injured. They're limping to the finish line in terms of their results. I keep 
putting it on Twitter that they're OTLing their way to glory. Um, and it's just not a very good team right now. Now, could Carey Price return and do Carey Price things? Yeah, that can happen in any series. A goalie can step up and take it from you, right? Um, but I just, I don't think this Habs team is good enough to beat Toronto. That doesn't, any playoff series at best is, you know, 60-40, right? Like 70-30, the parity is so great. I, I'm not super concerned. Now, Habs win game one. We'll, we'll talk, right? I may be very feeling very different about it. Um, but I just, I'm not that worried. The one thing I would say that's very irritating about this waiting for Calgary and Vancouver to finish these regular season games, um, for those that haven't kept track, obviously Vancouver had that couple of weeks shut down because of their COVID outbreak. So they were way behind everybody and they had this three or four games left against Calgary. Both of those teams are going to miss the playoffs and the league doesn't like the idea of, you know, regular season games going on at the same time as playoff games. So the North division has to wait. And I'm, I've read in a few places that the way they're going to try and get the North division caught up is inserting back to backs into the first round. And as a guy who's not sure who our second goalie is or if he's healthy or he hasn't played in two months, um, aside from a couple of uninspired games in the minors, I'm not in love with, with back to backs. And I guess the, the talk was sort of, they were almost hoping that these matchups would be the one cause they couldn't do back to backs if it was going to be you know, Montreal and Edmonton flying back and forth to each other's cities and Toronto, Winnipeg isn't as bad or Montreal, Winnipeg. But when you're doing that much time zone jumping, they didn't want to add back to backs into that. But now that geographically speaking, it's not as bad there. Everything I've read says there's going to be at least one and maybe two back to backs in the first round. And maybe that's a, maybe Jake Allen is better than Freddie Anderson. And that costs us in, in a couple of games. I'm not sure, but that irritates me a lot that just because we have to wait out these, I would put those Calgary Vancouver games on their regional broadcaster and just let them play. Like who cares and start the playoffs, like to wait around makes no sense. Do do they really think that that many people who aren't Calgary and Vancouver fans are going to be watching these games while they're waiting for their teams to actually play? Right. I can't. They play off hockey. This is this. I I, I get it. I get that there are sponsorships and that this is a business and money makes the world go round and all that stuff. But what if what if a a member of the Vancouver Canucks or the Calgary Flames gets hurt in one of these games? Mm -hmm. These absolutely meaningless games that are played at an absolutely meaningless part of the season unless you are in the playoffs these guys will all be wearing their shinny pants you will be seeing no contact hockey hey, this uh, is going to be like the all-star game with yeah. non-all-stars yes very, <laughs> like very few all-stars <laughs> and and is that like as a sponsor i get you paid for the the season but for the can you not just like i, I don't know figure something else out a discount for the following year yeah. some sort of added bonus in your sponsorship package for next year right it just doesn't make sense to me that these teams are willing to risk their, I hate to speak about human beings in this way, but in this context, I will. They're risking the very products they yes. are selling. Yeah. Your assets, like, this is you're putting stupid. them in danger. And, and you know, for the four Canadian teams that did make it, you're making their road harder. Like you're exactly. You're, How is this going to impact like a back-to-back game? You could see Connor McDavid get hurt. Right. Then what happens? Or even just in terms of fatigue, right? Once you get out of, 
Canada, have you had a harder schedule than the teams that, you know, you've, you're now going to be facing in that final four, regardless of who it is, right? Like, I, I just, I think it's, I think it's kind of dumb. And, uh, and certainly as a Leaf fan, I don't, I really don't like it, but just in general, I think it's a bad idea. And, um, so I, I don't love that. But in terms of Toronto, Montreal, I'm just, the Leafs have, have done like their defensive metrics have all jumped up from being like 25th, 26th last year to like sixth this year. Um, top five in everything in the offensive categories. Jack Campbell, we'll see, you know, but he's, his record's something stupid, like 17, three and two or whatever at this point with a 921 save percentage. He can't, he couldn't have done any more than what he did to, to earn a shot. So I, I just, we'll see what's Shea Weber going to be allowed to get away with. Um, what's Corey Perry going to be allowed to get away with. Um, and then what do they have in goal? I, I haven't heard whether Carey Price is going to looking like he might or might be ready or might not. Um, and is he even still their best option, even if he is healthy? Jake Allen hasn't been terrible this year. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm entertained by it. It's been, uh, what did they say? Like 40 years since we've seen this matchup. So this will be a first time. I think it sucks that we have to do it in empty buildings because those two fan bases would have been electric for this. Um, but if fans were allowed in buildings, we wouldn't have had this division and they probably wouldn't be playing. So, I mean, I guess it's. Yeah, it is. It's it's tragic, and I know. Okay, it's not tragic. I shouldn't <laughs> use that word. There are real tragedies going yeah. on in the world yeah. right now. It is upsetting that you know this matchup finally happens, and of course, it is in a year where we can't have fans in the stands. And yeah. and as a non fan of both teams, who's hoping for somehow them both to lose, <laughs> I still would love to see their fans in the stands because yeah. I'll I'll give both fan bases this: they are vocal. Yep. For sure. And I I, Toronto say. rightfully gets crapped on for the volume of their arena during the regular season. It's a different house. It's a different crowd in the playoffs and, mm-hmm. and they are loud. They are passionate and Montreal obviously goes without saying the, uh, the noise in that building. So it's too bad, but I'm looking forward to it and you know, anything can happen, but I can't say I'm particularly worried about this one. This, you know, the last couple no. of years against Boston or even Columbus for whatever that was, I, I don't really remember we lost in pretty dramatic fashion against Columbus, but I don't, I don't remember how seriously I was really taking it, right? This weird empty arena, bubble hockey in the middle of the summer, whatever. Um, but the ones against Boston, we clearly, you know, you could make the argument, maybe we were as good as Boston, but we weren't better than Boston, right? Whereas this, you're 20 points better than Montreal. Like, I, I just think it's, the Leafs should win this and, you know, probably in five or six games, in my opinion. It, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I wouldn't be worried about Montreal if I were you. And, and if I'm the Edmonton Oilers, I wouldn't be worried about the Jets for the very same reasons. They're limping. They're crawling into the playoffs. They've Just, won three games since the trade deadline. Oh, it's my gross. Lord. Now, the and their only big thing acquisition of Jordy Ben isn't really helping. <laughs> the only thing that might scare me there is Connor Hellebuck is still, you know, now he hasn't looked like it in the last little while. But he, to yeah, me, is far scarier than this version of, of Carey Price. Now, Carey Price had a great bubble playoff last year, looked kind of like himself again, but Hellebuck would scare me a little bit, but based on the way the Jets are playing and with that defense, I assume Edmonton will probably run their show. Yeah, I. you're right. Connor Hellebuck has the ability to, I, I think if he's hot at the right time, he has the ability to steal a series for you, yeah, let alone a couple country. games. Yeah. He's, he's going to win the Vesna this year. Yeah. Um, 
I just, I don't know if this is the time. I, I, he's he's not been good as of late. No, I think no, he right can steal that. them a couple day, a couple games. Yep. But the way they're playing, they're not going to get those other couple games. No, I think right? that's right. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, their defense is one thing, but their defensive play on the forward side is just terrible. It's atrocious. Some of the and, videos floating around of the way Mike or Mike <laughs> Mark Shifley is is making changes, just kind of half going and Palmer stapling him to the bench, right? And those their forwards, you're right, they they don't defend well at all. Like they just get caved in once you get into their zone. So, and that, you got to think, and I know this has kind of been tossed around a little bit, but I I think there's a huge culture issue with that team, and and there's been a lot, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of Winnipeg. players chase no out of town. In That's true. <laughs> It's cold. It's frigid yeah. in that dressing room. Let's just say that. That's the only thing Winnipeg's good for. Um, I, I just feel like this is not a dynamic of a winning team. And they're very skilled. They're incredibly talented. But they do not play on both sides of the puck. And they're they're getting cold at the absolute wrong time. Yep. I think I think they maybe steal a couple games. But yeah, Edmonton and Toronto, I think, are going to be facing each other in the second round. That is a series I am very much looking forward to as a neutral fan. <laughs> Um, That'll be but for sure. Yeah, it's it's these playoffs are going to be really interesting, and maybe it's because I, I just feel like I'm, I've been starved of of I don't want to say real playoff hockey because I know <laughs> that last year was real, but it didn't feel right. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I, like, and I had somebody the other day, a friend of mine, tell me, "Ah, oh, you're only saying that because you lost." I'm like, I lose every year. Like, it's not that. What it's, if the playoffs just not happened since right. 2004? Like 1967 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. And it just, it was different. And I watched it and I, I don't take anything away from Tampa for, you no, know, having no, survived no, no. it and done it. But it just felt, you know, all right. Like, I get that we're doing it and I, it's entertaining and all that. But it just wasn't. Um, there was something different about it. And I just didn't get quite as excited when it arrived. And I didn't get quite as devastated when we were inevitably eliminated. There's something to be said for associations with time of year, right? And yeah. and when the spring hits and the weather is getting nice, my brain automatically goes, A, drinking outside, and B, <laughs> and coming in playoff, hockey. playoff hockey. That's, that's it. Like, it's the same with October or September and playoff baseball. It's just that is the time of year that your brain is ready for this to happen when it's been watching this happen for your entire life right. so yeah the guy take nothing away from tampa every team was in the same situation yep. last year yep it is not i do not think completely there is an asterisk needed here yep no, completely right. even playing field it just felt weird yep so it's nice to have playoffs that are happening at a time of year that we're used to it feels somewhat normal i know it's still not but it feels somewhat normal and it's exciting there's a lot of really cool matchups that are happening this year and, and i'm really looking forward to it whenever you know five years from now the actual playoffs start for canadian teams <laughs> me too let's go the uh, bruins and caps will fire it up on saturday and then the rest of the series will sort of slowly trickle out and start after that. As you've said, though, no, uh, no firm schedule for most of these series yet. So, but I'm ready. Let's go. Also starting this weekend, if I can do a little subject change mm. right here is the WNBA season. Is it really? Which I am so jacked up for. <laughs> Starts on Friday, mm -hmm. this Friday, May 14th. We got four games and then Saturday, uh, two games. We're going to have some afternoon basketball. My Seattle Storm are taking on Las Vegas at three o'clock on Saturday, and I am so excited for it. <laughs> Sounds like it. Jacked up. I am. I'm so pumped for this season. I think people are finally waking up to, hey, women's sports, invest in it. 
put it on TV and people will watch. Um, and it really seems like this season has that kind of momentum really building on the, the bubble season last year, the success of the NCAA tournament, despite the NCAA. Um, yes. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to this season. It's, it's going to be really interesting. Well, you referenced a while back on the show, um, some big moves in, in, in free agency around the WNBA. Like what is the, you know, kind of going into this, is there, an odds on favorite or like a, a storyline that coming into this, that you're, you know, that kind of stems from that new faces in different places. Um, you know, that you're like, Oh, that might've put them over the top or I'm really excited to watch these guys. There's a few. Um, the, I think the biggest one is Candace Parker going home to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like she's arguably one of the greatest players in this league. And she's going literally to her home city in Chicago to play with the Chicago sky. And that was one of one, probably the, I'm going to say the, the biggest, um, tr- uh, free agency movement. Right. Uh, and then of course there was Kia nurse getting traded from New York to Phoenix. Right. I think that's all, also going to be really interesting. You know, she's playing with Diana Taurasi and, and, you know, they've got a great team to begin with there. Um, the Seattle store made a couple moves, but really they're coming back. Like Sue Bird's coming back. Brianna Stewart's coming back. That alone, I think, uh, gives you a lot of confidence, uh, heading into this season. They did trade away Alicia Clark. Um, uh, but they, they still have Jewel Lloyd, Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird. Uh, they brought in one of Brianna Stewart's teammates from UConn, whose name is escaping me right now. Right. Uh, but I, th- I just think that, the, you know, they're, they're, everyone kind of has them as the powerhouse team. They're the ones still to the beat. odds on favorite. Yeah. But, but the, I feel like the playing field, and this is one of the things with the WNBA, like we need more teams because there's not like 12 teams is not enough for the amount of talent that exists in this league mm-hmm. and around this league. And the draft was kind of a big uh, example of that. There was like, there was almost too there's too many players to be drafted and not enough spots for them. So I think that you've got a bunch of we might see some parity because you've got a bunch of teams who are honestly they have they they all have at least one like powerhouse well known player and a number of other stars as well. I, I feel like we're going to see a lot of a lot of parity. I wonder, you know, back before the pandemic and I can't imagine, you know, I'm, I'm sure as a, as a company, they're still doing fine. That MLSC, I read multiple articles before the pandemic started that said that together Dubas and, and Masai were starting to push and, and MLSC had interest in, um, and we've heard it a couple times before, but maybe they were starting to make a push to try and get into, uh, the WNBA, obviously the, the pandemic, you know changed a lot of things for a lot of people, but I wonder coming out of it, if they re-explore that, if, and whether or not that's a, a league that would be interested in, you know, obviously expanding, like you said, based on the talent, they could, whether or not crossing the border, is something they'd be interested in. Cause that'd be kind of cool to have in our own backyard there. Absolutely. I think at some point the Raptors and MLSE in particular will, will invest in it and expand and mm-hmm. bring a team to Toronto. I've I have no doubt in my mind that that will happen at some point. I think the pandemic probably pushed that back. Yeah. Like if they were looking at it, it's hard to imagine that they're going to be able to do something like that the next couple of years. And not, not just from an investment standpoint, but from a cross border travel standpoint, like how long is that going to take to get back to normal? Right. And, and women's sports, you know, unfortunately just don't have the same resources that men's sports are given in terms of protection. Right. So I, I'm not, I, I I don't think Toronto will be necessarily the next place to get a team, mm-hmm. but it it should certainly be 
in the future. Uh, we, sh- we should have a Toronto WNBA team, but there's so many other areas that, that are untapped here, oh, yeah, right? Like yeah. the, the Bay Area needs a team. Uh, like California has how many basketball teams? No, exactly. <laughs> like they they can fit another one in there. I think, um, you know, Florida, if anywhere in the state of Florida, I'm mm-hmm. sure can can support a team. Miami would be a great location. Um, there's there's so much opportunity for expansion here, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think that you know we're we're seeing the the growth of the WNBA in particular really start to turn up sure. like you know it's I, I i would say it's fair to, it's been on a steady incline for a while but that incline just got much steeper i got and two, and we're sorry. at the beginning of that i have two more questions for you on the wnba if you don't mind yep. uh what do you think in terms of the way that the attention last year definitely did seem to get turned up on the wnba and and there does seem to be i'm seeing like more commercials and more social media presence and stuff um heading into this season so Hopefully there is some extra anticipation there. Do you think it has anything to do with how out front the WNBA was in a fairly, um, you know, turmoil filled summer last year in terms of racial issues and stuff like they put themselves on the map. They took a stand before a lot of other athletes did. They really put themselves out there. And I think you know, I think it did two things. I think it, it kind of put them out front and it certainly wasn't something they did to draw attention to themselves as players. They were trying to draw attention to an issue, but it did kind of put a spotlight on them. And in doing that, it was a very positive spotlight, right? Like you didn't do something (laughs) stupid and end up getting a pile of attention that way. Like, uh, like Gary's fun world seems to do all the time. (laughs) Do you think that they're kind of stance on those social issues last summer has anything to do with the seemingly increased interest in the league going into this season? I, I have two answers to that or two okay. part answer. One, I hope so. Mm-hmm. I would like to believe that we live in a world where promoting social justice and standing up against racism helps you, right? That is the right thing to do. Sure. It should, it should help you. However, mm-hmm sports is not that welcoming (sighs) and the WNBA has long taken stands like Mm -hmm. this and not often gotten the credit for it back in, I think it was 2016. We also weren't paying as much attention. Like we should have been, we should have been and the opportunity was there and the reasons to pay attention were there. And you look back in 2016, when Colin Kaepernick first started kneeling during the Anthem, Mm -hmm. the WNBA, basically like whole teams did the same thing. Right. Okay. Right. And they were standing up that I'd say like any other year in America and and most countries, there were black people being killed by police Mm -hmm. and they were taking a stand against that by literally not standing and kneeling and they got eviscerated. Right. They were punished by the league. The teams were punished by the league who were, I, I assume had pressure put on them by their sponsors. Right. Yeah. Because this like, you, we saw what happened to Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. right? His career, his career was ended, ended by the NFL. Yep. And the same attitude was applied to what the WNBA was doing. So, or what teams in the WNBA were doing. So they've long d- did this. Like I, I to, to, to see what happened last year with the WNBA and the stance they took, like it was nothing surprising because these teams have done that from day one and the league has finally embraced it and supported it. And that's the big difference. And I think that for 
I'd say for better or for worse, but I, I think it is like, it's not a good thing that it has taken us this long to no. be receptive to it. But I think in general, the public is finally starting to understand what Colin Kaepernick was doing, mm-hmm. what he was speaking up against. And the fact that he was using the anthem as a vehicle and not protesting the anthem itself, right. which took a, an amazing amount of time for people to get that through their heads. Yeah. But now that the the attitude has changed, I think that we are in a position where this can this does start to be um, th- to help you to help you grow your fan base because there are people who are are less opposed and more open to these kinds of things. And of course, there are people who are were always going to support it, sure. and and it was the right thing to do. And therefore, um, they they would have supported it. I think the problem is before they didn't know about it because That's, it wasn't covered. I was covered. just going to say, yeah, they may have been doing this, but too many of us weren't looking. Like, and 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 too many media outlets weren't showcasing it because yep. they they were barely showing what Colin Kaepernick was doing, right? Right? Like, and that you know he's in the NFL and on this big stage, and and it was a combination of the of the WNBA just a not having the the broadcast uh, coverage it deserved at the time, and b broadcasters in general not wanting to show this kind of stuff because it was too controversial. Stuff. Yeah, and and then you hit last summer where the issues itself outside of sports start to boil over and we were looking at this in ways we never have before. It's getting more attention. And at the same time, now we are looking at the WNBA who is doing this. And while that increased spotlight that has been created by the movement itself is, and and the WNBA is kind of tied into it. You do, I think, and I, I, I guess that's why I asked the question. I, I believe there is a certain amount of, oh, good for them. Like I, I, I want to, get on board with this, or maybe I'd like to get behind this a little bit more than I have in the past. Right. And now that I've been more made more aware of it. Yeah. I just wonder if, you know, it wasn't maybe the most traditional way to get eyes on your product, but when people did see the WNBA, finally a spotlight was put on them because of these other issues, it was a very positive one. And you kind of go, I'm going to check that out. Like, I'm going to see what that's all about. Yeah, I think that it only stands to help them at this point, which is good. Yeah. Uh, last thing for you on the WNBA, this will be a little less heavy. Uh, do you know off the top of your head how they handle the Olympics this year with, you know, obviously tons of players wanting to represent the US and Canada? Um, will they be allowed to go to Tokyo? Will they have to quarantine when they get back before re-entering play? Do you know what's going to happen there? I don't know what's happening in terms of quarantine, but I know there is a break in the schedule. Okay. Um, I, th- I thought the break was two weeks long, but it, now that you mentioned the quarantine thing, like it might be longer to well, allow for that. To, yeah. Like they, cause there is a quarantine when you get to Tokyo. I know that I know it's not a full two weeks. Um, and, but when you come back to the U S I, there probably isn't a quarantine. I, I, maybe there will have to be depending on how many outbreaks there are at the Olympics. We'll see what that all looks like. But I just wondered if there were any, if you were aware of any like additional protocols being built into the league this year to allow these players to go compete. No. Okay. So the, there's a break between July 11th and August 15th. So actually there's just over a month. Yeah. 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 So they're, they're allowing, I I imagine they're building in time for quarantine on either end. And a Um, training camp with your own national team before you go, you'll want some practices and and stuff. So the U S had a training camp, I want to say about a month ago, 
um, the U.S. had their their first training camp or something. I know Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi and and a bunch of other players were there, so they're they're fully preparing to go to yeah. the Olympics. And yeah. and this is, I mean, the American team has won four straight gold medals, sure. so they're fully expecting to get a fifth, and they probably will. And I know Canada, <laughs> I know Canada was uh, th- there was some coverage of of the pools that they were going to be in, and obviously we expect Kia Nurse to be a big part of that team. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going forward with the assumption that yeah, we're they're going to the Olympics. The Olympics are happening. Yep. I know it feels very weird. Yep. Um, but that's that's kind of the they, there's never to my knowledge there has never been an NHL level of uh, I don't know if we want our players to play on the biggest <laughs> stage in the world um, in the WNBA. They've always supported their their players going to the Olympics. To my knowledge. Cool. Great yeah. stuff. Yeah. So good. Look, looking forward to it. I know that a lot of the first question I often get when I talk about any women's sport is uh, how do I watch? And right. that's a great question um, because the WNBA is actually being televised this season. <laughs> um, I know last year I watched it on a combination of like CBS and TSN and basically wherever I could find it. So if you have some sort of like satellite or cable package, good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to find it on an, a major sports network or one of the American networks. Uh, but they also, for anybody interested, and I do highly recommend this, the NBA has league pass, which is a basically a subscription service that you pay for. I think it's $16.99 for the whole year, and you get every game. Jeez. Any game you want with stats. No regional blackouts? Re- no regional <laughs> blackouts because they get how broadcasting yeah. works. Um, so if if you're interested and you have the money, I highly recommend it. It's a very good investment, and it makes things a little easier because you don't have to go searching for stuff. Right. What channel is it on today? And what? Not, no, it's just it's right there. Exactly. And uh, speaking of of people watching women's sports, I, I mentioned this last week, but the NWSL Challenge Cup uh, took place last weekend. Portland Thorns and Christine St. Clair in particular defeated Gotham FC. Right on. Badass name. Yes, it um, is. Christine St. Clair scored in the, I think, first 16 minutes or so. And, and Portland just looked like they were going to absolutely run away at this game. And then Carly Lloyd of Gotham uh, scored on a, a pretty good break by them. And to make it even, it ended up going to penalty kicks and uh, Portland won, thank God, because they did deserve to. It would have been a bit of an upset if they didn't. Um, But Portland won and uh, we just got the ratings a couple days ago and uh, learned that over 500,000 people tuned in to the NWSL Challenge Cup final on a Saturday at 1 p.m. So like pretty good, like, like not prime time. I think it was fourth on the list of like, uh, viewed sporting events for that day. And then number one was a Manchester United and sure. uh, Chelsea game. Yep. So, you know, for context, pretty good. So, and, and they were broadcasting on Twitch for God's sakes. And I think CBS or right. some, or, or one of the American networks, but like, you know, look what happens when you make it easy for people to watch women's sports. People when, watch. When you're just flipping around sports. and you're like, Oh, Hey, there it is. Exactly. You, you need those people to stumble across it, right? That's why you want to be yeah. on network TV. You don't want to force them to go look for it somewhere. So, no, that's awesome. And and to see it kind of, as you said, Saturday at 1 p.m., not only not is it not prime time in terms of TV, but you're also, you know, it's the spring now. People are outside. People are trying to be, you know, a little bit more active and stuff. It's not an easy time to draw viewers. So that's a pretty good nope. number for them. And the, the best part of it is, like, the Challenge Cup is – it's not a regular season. It's a, it's a mini tournament essentially that the NWSL hosts. So the regular season is actually just about to start. Right. Hey, so, uh, we're, I don't get it. Oh, I, 
I'm not. I'm anything but a NASCAR person either. But Daytona. <laughs> no, it's okay. Daytona is like, is their biggest race of the year, but it's the first race of the year. Oh, okay. I see. So to get everybody excited, get you fired up, get you started with the big event, and then you're off and running, right? That's the I one never, thing I know about Daytona. I was just gonna say I will never understand anything about NASCAR, let alone the logic of the scheduling. No, I'm I just trying to like understand F1 at this point, and that's because you watch that's a big the show step for on me. Netflix. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Drive to survive. I'm, I'm like only like four or five episodes in, but I love it. A lot of people uh, apparently getting into the F1 this year based on this uh, Netflix show, Drive to Survive. Have you watched it? No. 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 It's it is a prime, a great example of what happens when you allow storytelling to happen in your league. Right. Looking at you, NHL. <laughs> Look how many people are watching F1 now because of this show. Yeah. And all they did was allow cameras in. Showcase some personalities, make some stars, get people invested, and you're off and running. It's friggin' simple. You'd think, wouldn't you? You would <laughs> think. All right, that's uh, that's uh, everything I had on my kind of list to talk about. Is there anything else you wanted to hit on? I think that's it. Um, nice little Wednesday night session. Like we said, we'll remind the good listener. This will, uh, over the next few weeks, we'll keep you posted, but this will sort of start to become... The new normal time, which means uh, you will get the shows on Thursday morning as opposed to Friday morning. So adjust your podcasting schedules accordingly, and we will adjust our beer drinking schedules accordingly. Exactly. And I will be the worst kind of person right now, and I will just say this. We'll tell you why in the coming weeks. Love it. A tease. A tease. And I know everyone, I hate when people do that. (laughs) Like, I'm working on something really exciting, and I can't tell you anything right now. Um, Exciting personal news. Starts your tweet, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Some personal news. Um, but yes, I, we will share more information about why in the coming weeks. But You're gonna we will it. probably be more on the Thursday morning side of things for your your listening pleasure. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully everyone everyone adjusts and we will, like Matt said, adjust our drinking schedule. <laughs> how, how I didn't ask you. The how shinny was pants. the shinny pants? Uh, pretty good. Um, nothing particularly overpowering to it. It's just kind of a nice... Uh, subtle stout. It's got a little chocolate to it. It's got a little roast to it and a little, a little bit of espresso taste to it. Um, not bad. And, uh, certainly nothing to complain about, but not sure it's one I'd write home about either. So okay, it's fine. That's all. It's fine. Was that an LCBO pickup? That was an LCBO pickup. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. I'm always interested in what Great Lakes has in the LCBO because they've got their staples and then every now and then they'll have like a seasonal. Okay. And uh, it's usually pretty good. So. I had uh, had somebody point out to me the other day, um, I hadn't seen it yet, but uh, for listeners who've heard me over and over talk about um, Old Flame Brewing down in Port Perry, which is one of my favorite breweries that, uh, you know, whenever I go visit my parents, I try and get some. It was spotted in Perth. Pretty, Ooh. pretty close to Ottawa. So they're clearly spreading out. I don't know if that means it's in Ottawa, but uh, if after hearing me talk about it this long, you did want to try any of the uh, old flame offerings, it is at least creeping its way towards Ottawa and uh, certainly now available outside of its own kind of general area, it sounds like. So if you're into that sort of thing, uh, the old flame brewing company, keep an eye out in your, your beer store LCBO trips. Right on, right on. I did try Old Flame. You brought us some. We did a little beer exchange a few weeks ago, yep. and uh, I I was a big fan of the Black Lager in particular, that's which my is favorite. not that's not normally my style, but yeah. it is super tasty. Yeah, it's called Raven. If uh, people are looking for that one, uh, it's fantastic. I also really like the Red, uh, but they're all pretty good. But uh, yeah, that the the Black Lager, their Raven, is fantastic. 
Highly recommend. Yes. All right. That does it for this uh, week, this episode of Tall Can Audio. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Tall Can Audio. You can find me on Twitter at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. And you can find my craft beer photos on Instagram at Crafted in the Capital. And we will see you next time on Tall Can Audio. Peace. I am unhappy with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of that meeting. I wanted it to go better. I wanted it to go better!